So even as you are attending to the body, aligning it, making sure it is in a comfortable posture, a posture conducive for meditation, for entering meditative state. So concerning the body, you have the attitude of first placing the body within its own sense of meditation, within its own natural tranquility. So while the body is settling, we call your motivation something that is of sincere concern to you. Whether it is a search for a truth, whether it is a search for the ability to deal with something, or seeking to understand something, but something that is of actual relevance to you, something that has natural, natural passion, natural emotional investment. could be something that's happening in the world somewhere, something about the universe, something about a relationship. Feel the emotion connected to it and ride the wave of that emotion, bring it into the need to enter meditation, to enter the state of meditation. So that is in the background. You're aware of your sitting, where you are sitting. gently allow your intention to relax. Don't force it to focus on anything. Don't force it to do or undo anything. Allow your awareness to have the sense of freedom. Let it hear, let it remember. Within that sense of allowing, that sense of non-rejecting, not grasping, begin to sense the natural sense of tranquility that surrounds you. It could be something that your sense of touch touches, or your ears seems to hear. or in any way any one of your senses seems to make contact with. It could be even that you're smelling the sense of tranquility. So in whatever way you are making this initial connection, this initial contact with the sense of tranquility, 
just keep remembering it, keep going back to it, let it happen. So it's experiencing a sense of tranquility without the anxieties of fear of losing it, fear of being lost. It's there and whatever else is happening happens within it. So without losing that connection with the sense of tranquility, the sense of ease, bring your attention now to the body. In the same way, with the attitude of non-rejecting, non-grasping, the attitude of allowing. Feel, perceive, sense of tranquility within the body itself. Feel it in the legs, the arms, the hands, the elbows, the shoulders. listen to the intuitive guidance that suggests move this way, move that way, adjust your energy this way or that way, so that the sense of tranquility can be enhanced. Be aware of the sense of tranquility in connection with the torso, especially with the back. Listen to the intuitive guidance suggesting how best to place the spine so there's no straining, there's no over relaxing, a sense of stability as well as a sense of tranquility. Same with the head and neck, the mouth, teeth, tongue. turn your attention to the tranquility. Make sure you are perceiving a palpable phenomena that can be properly labeled tranquility. You're feeling it. You're experiencing it.
and keep that sense of observing a phenomena rather than imagining a phenomena. So with that same knowledge of tranquility, bring your attention gently to the breath. Do not reject, do not grasp, allow the breath to be. And continue to experience pockets of tension dissolving into tranquility within the body. As the tranquility begins to permeate the perception of the breath. And experience a level of contentment, a level of joy, and just the experiencing observing the tranquility as it is perceived in the body and the breath. Within this new level of tranquility, again recall your motivation, knowing what you are doing and knowing why you are doing it. Expand this why if it is not yet. Expand it to become universal, all-embracing.
stay in this tranquility. Bring your attention now to the space in front of you. Having your motivation vividly present in your mind. Invoke the presence of your infallible guide, the means through which you will definitely achieve the objective of your concern. out achieve the aim of your objective, whether it is a set of instructions, whether it is a being who will transmit directly the realizations to your mind, whatever the means through which the realization will be achieved. Have a sense that you are now making or you are in direct contact with that means. And finding within you that measure of confidence, that measure of conviction, whatever that measure may be. That you are now in direct contact with what or whom through which you will achieve your aim. Express your reverence. Express your gratitude. Place yourself under the protection and guidance of this infallible means, your infallible guide.
feel the sense of importance, this meditation is for you. And summon your resolve. To refrain from continuing to engage in whatever behavior, whether it is a behavior of how you relate with others, how you communicate, how you think, where these, the result of these behaviors only obstruct you from achieving this very aim that you are seeking now, to have the strong will, strong resolution to stay away from these behaviors. and rely on the strength of compassion, rely on the strength of your infallible guide. Have an equally strong resolve to take on to develop those habits, those attitudes that will actually help you achieve the objective of your determination, the objective of your concern, relating with others in a way that is conducive, communicating, thinking in a way that is conducive to actually help you achieve the objective of your aspirations and again rely on the strength of compassion and love the strength of your infallible guide
gently you bring your attention back to the breath aware of the physical properties of the breath the weight the temperature and through the awareness of these properties of the breath gently become aware of the physical body yourselves uh, comfortable if you need to. All right. Let's get, let's get to it. <laughs> now begin by uh, asking you to reconnect with something that is of, of, uh, uh, of concern to you. And that's supposed to be the lead into getting, uh, summoning your motivation. When you read the Lam Rim, the motivation that you're asked to sum up at this time is the, uh, according to the Mahayana traditions, to bring up the sense of what is called a bodhicitta. So I'm about to do this for the purpose and for the reasons that bodhicitta, uh, uh, that, that is in bodhicitta. But if you... Call up bodhicitta from a foreign place, from a, a, a sense of uh, without any connection, without any emotional connection, then bodhicitta becomes just a word in your mind. Even if you go through all the steps that's supposed to have bodhicitta, then your, your, your meditation doesn't really have any real power behind it. But if you go through something that is a real concern to you, whether it is something that's happening somewhere in some country somewhere, whether it is something that's happening with a relationship that you have with someone or with some people, or whether it is uh, some concern you have about some metaphysical something, but there is some emotional investment that you have within that, then you bring that just to feel the emotional investment. Then you think of what is an ultimate way of addressing this concern. Then you connect it with the, with, uh, with the meditation that you're about to do. And in this case, the meditation that we are about to do is to make a direct uh, connection with the true nature of reality. And in Buddhism, this term, the true nature of reality, is, is used when, when you're not, when you're outside of Buddhism, saying the true nature of reality may not have the same kind of impact as for somebody who's trained in, in Buddhist thought. But it, it should have the same kind of uh, uh, impact as somebody who's seeking, for example, to have a direct uh, make a direct connection with uh, with God, so, so to speak, or for the for the scientists to finally um, directly realize um, what's that called the unified field, unified field for example, 
Okay, so it's something that for you has a sense of ultimate and a sense and and a, and but a true sense of a true ultimate for you. Okay, so that's the true nature of reality. So you have this attitude, so that in your own body there's a sense of some serious thing is happening. You're about to engage in something that is very serious, but not very serious in a sense where when you think the word serious, then you get anxiety, and then you don't really meditate anymore. You're just going through some anxiety uh, attack. Okay, so not in that sense, but in, but but in a sense that is of something that is of great interest to you. Okay. Now, when you are uh, about to meditate in such a way that in the meditation you end up having a direct connection with the true nature of reality or uh, coming directly into contact with what is referred to in Buddhism as emptiness, you, have, uh, you must have a sense of sincere interest sincere openness of mind. It is not uh, an endeavor where you are hoping to find something that you already have uh, an idea of what it's supposed to be. So in a sense, it's not like if you think the ultimate nature of reality is the color blue. So you don't engage in your meditation hoping to find the color blue. Okay. But rather, if the ultimate nature of reality is the color blue, you are open to it. Okay. So that's very important. So you need to be in a, in a specific frame of mind, in a particular state of mind, where this ultimate nature can actually be uh, made to manifest. Just like... Uh, Uh, subatomic particles, for example, they're everywhere, right? But in order for you to perceive them, they create something that's like three miles wide or something. The super, what's it called? Super? Super collider. Super collider. That's it, right? Just super collider. Something else. Well, you know what I'm talking about. So it's something that, you know, it takes like a few miles. And, and they, what they're looking for, something that's, you know, exists, you know, there's a trillion of them in, in the head of a pin. And yet you have to create this space, the super collider, in order for you to perceive them. So you have to consider the super collider, your meditation, the state of meditation is like the super collider. Even though this thing exists everywhere all the time, but you need the space, the, the proper condition in order for you to see it. So that's what the meditative state is about. And what will, uh, I guess, how many super colliders are like? Three of them or something? Not a lot. There's one in Europe and there's one in the United States and I think that's it, right? Three. <laughs> or two or three, something like that. Okay. And then uh, I think they have th the difference in terms of size and difference in terms of uh, capacity, something like that. So even though they all have the capacity to perceive this subatomic uh, phenomena, so the, uh, the, your, your meditation, the kind of meditation state that you're in will determine uh, the, uh, the impact that, they will, that, you, that 
perceiving the, the direct truth will have in your mind, and also uh, the speed with which this impact is to affect is affect your being. And another, uh, the speed with which this impact will address your concern. Okay. You can enter this meditation already sort of taking an object. So I don't know, what do they take in the super collider? It's not like they, they just start looking and hoping something will happen. They fire something up, right? They, they move some stuff very fast and then collide it with something. But they take something, right? They, like a particle. Some, I don't know, like a piece of copper or something like that. <laughs> Let's say a piece of copper. <laughs> it could be something completely different, okay? They take a piece of copper and then they take that piece of copper and then from that piece of copper they're going to get to that uh, subatomic phenomena. So you have to bring something in, the, in your super collider into your meditation. Okay? But, but uh, the, our, the super collider of our mind is much more powerful than that, that one over there because you don't necessarily have to bring something in there in order for you to, bring up, to, uh, to get yourself to see the, 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 the true nature of reality or in this case the, the, the subatomic, the, what's that, sup, sub, what do you call it? Subatomic particle phenomena, okay? So you bring something in there that is, okay, I'm going to take this and investigate it. And it, it's called investigation. Some people don't like that term investigation, but it's just the means through which you're going to arrive at directly perceiving the true nature of reality is called an investigation, okay? But the investigation must be done within the, the state of meditation, a particular state of meditation. Okay, so if the space of your meditation is lined with bodhicitta, then it will be much more powerful. Okay, or you can. Uh, the most interesting thing about uh, the state of meditation itself, you can take the state of meditation itself as the object that you bring in, and then that's going to through the meditation engagement that is called investigation or analyzing that you're going to arrive at directly perceiving the true nature of reality. Or you can allow whatever comes up, whatever your mind comes up at, at the moment. But the, main, the thing is to have the intense curiosity to know what is the true nature of that. Now what does it mean, the true nature of something? It is what you might call an ultimate identity. So let's let's say the copper that you bring into the super collider or the object that you bring into your meditative state is a table. Okay? So we say you look at a particular table that is in your dining room or a table that you saw somewhere. All of a sudden I'm thinking about the table that I saw in this uh, couple's house in Germany. It was a very nice table. Think, whenever I think of table, I think, I think of that table. That, that's a table. <laughs> <laughs> like they've had it in their family for like generations and it's still there. And they're going to pass it on to generations after generations. Okay, so that's a table. <laughs> so that table comes to mind. And then you drop the label, table. And you just look at what's in front of you. What are you calling table? So there is a tendency of the mind to think that everything that's there is table. And you're going to 
investigate, you're going to look at, is this true? Is everything there table? But don't let it stay at a superficial level. Of course, it's not ta really table, anything can be table. Don't, don't let your mind go into that superficial stuff. Okay? You have to find within you that tendency, that sense, that part of you that is convinced that every, as, soon because as soon as it's a table and that image of the table comes to mind, all, all, all messed, all, uh, say all mixed up together there's a, in, in the concept that everything there is a table. Okay? So you have to catch that. If you don't catch it and then you go investigate table, then you're just staying in the realm of, you know, of, uh, of superficial mind. You're not really getting to the true nature of things. Even though, as far as appearance is concerned, that is, if, if you go into the investigation taking that sense of that part of you that says everything there is table, if you have that part with you in investigation and what's appearing to you as you do an investigation, the layers of appearances, and you arrive at an ultimate appearance that there's no more, n nothing left uh, to appear, it's a very, you'll have a very different experience if you were to do it without that sense, without that sense of intense investigation, intense interest. Okay. So that's the reason why it seems intellectually <coughs> we fully understand, we fully uh, are able to have some sense of understanding of this is the true nature of reality, but it doesn't, it doesn't have any impact on us. It doesn't, have any, it, doesn't, it doesn't move us in any way. It might move us intellectually to make us think that somehow we are smarter than the average bear, but it doesn't do that, that, uh, that existential kind of transformation that we wanted to do in the first place. And it's because what is, what is accompanying the investigation? That's the main thing. Okay? So almost like you must have accompanying you uh, a part of you that is definitely going to be disappointed. You get that? That part of you must be there. There must be a part of you that is expecting, uh, let's say for, uh, let me see if that's a good example. Okay, that might, it's not a good example, but it's, I'm going to give it as an example. Remember, it's not a good example, so don't blame me because if it's not, okay. So there's a part of us that is convinced that the ultimate nature of the table is the color blue. It's a bad example. I already, I already mentioned that, okay. It's the color blue. So that part of you that is convinced must accompany you while you're investigating the table to see if it is truly the color blue. And as you investigate, and you start to say, oh, wait a minute. It's not, it's not really the color blue. As you arrive at that, oh, it's not really the color blue, that part of you that was convinced that, it w that you were going to get to the color blue, it must completely be shattered. It must, be, must, must uh, uh, arrive at a point where it is completely disappointed. Okay? That is why a lot, when you read the sutras where the Buddha himself is talking about the ultimate nature of things, it's... He, he warns the Bodhisattva, be careful of being, uh, not be careful, but uh, 
in there you must continue until you arrive at what is called the patience the patience of accepting the truth okay. and also this is why uh, if you stay at the door looking inside without going in I have no idea what this means this metaphor but let's have to use <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you're approaching an, uh, a deep understanding of the true nature of things but you're not fully engaging that understanding you're sort of staying in, in the back somewhere because of fear or, or, or something that's holding you back if, if you stay there and then you have a glimpse of it this is where you may have uh, what uh, mm, what you are warned about that you may uh, fall instead of uh, having an incredible experience where you rise and become enlightened you may you may actually completely stop yourself from further uh, spiritual pro progress okay because you sort of like have a glimpse of it and because of the conviction that was accompanying you of what it's supposed to be and it seems it's not going to be that at all and that conviction we are very we feel very safe with it that conviction we feel very at ease very at home with it okay that is why there is you're shattered and you feel yourself now you have no conviction whatsoever you feel groundless and then you have to have patience with this groundlessness with this sense of completely having lost all convictions be patient with it and with that patience and then when you have when you when you completely engage the truth then the opposite of being groundless is is experience okay then this, the freedom the bliss and all those kinds of things are to be experienced what is that talking about <laughs> so accompanying your investigation there must be a part of you that is convinced of what it's supposed to be so in this sense of the table don't it doesn't have to be some metaphysical jargon okay that you that you have to oh self-existenceness and looking for it okay something that encompasses that term self-existenceness okay it's an emotion it's a sense of conviction about the the table okay everything that appears in front of me is table and then you just look at what is really in front of you what is really in front of you in this case it was arrangement of a bunch of 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 of, uh, of blocks of wood that's what I'm saying all of this table and you have to investigate that you have to tell the part of your mind that is convinced that all is table and you say is this table is this table this thing that you're looking at that you're saying is table is it table look at it really okay that's that's what the investigation of the of the true nature of reality is involved but you can do this in a in a very relaxed way by relax I mean in, in, outside of the state of meditation where you arrive at some sort of intellectual understanding but it will not have the impact if it's done within the state of meditation so first enter the statement of meditation then line the, the space of meditation with with 
bodhicitta, then within that in extreme powerful state of mind, then either bring something and that and then investigate it so we can get to the true nature of it, or allow whatever appears and then investigate that. And when I say allow whatever appears, if you feel anxious, oh, anxious, it feels very, very real. What is it? Really. Okay, investigate it. And what is it that really is appearing? That's the thing. What is really appearing to you and that you're calling it such and such? Uh, eventually, for, with the table, for example, you have to naturally get to the point where you drop the label table and then try to see what is really there. Is there something, is a, is a little hint, is there something that you can s arrive at and say that is, that is really there? All right. Ready? Okay, so that uh, the trauma, <laughs> so that you don't get uh, affected by the trauma. I mean, if you get, if you're lucky to get to that level of trauma. <laughs> if somehow you're approaching trauma and the trauma is overwhelming, then it's, you can fall to uh, just for the sake of, uh, of not fully being immersed in the sense of groundlessness, you can fall back to mind-only school. You can say, oh, it's all coming from my mind. That would be a nice, safe place. Okay. Right? At least you, you have the sense that, oh, there's my mind, I can fall on it. Okay. <laughs> but don't look at your mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <coughs> Let's reconnect with uh, the tranquility. So as you are observing the body, reconnecting it with tranquility, reconnecting your mind, your emotions with tranquility, because of the mere curiosity to, in to encounter the true nature of reality, the space where this investigation, the physical space where this investigation is taking place, is charged with, lack of a better word, with holiness. Because of these concerns of yours, you're seeking the actual resolution, the actual means to deal with these concerns, and that means is to 
arrive at a direct understanding, a direct perception of the true nature of reality. Go back to the sense of the presence of your infallible guide. First bring that presence to the crown of your head. See the deep. Perceive aware of the light, the brightness emanating from their presence and make fervent requests to be free of whatever obstacles, to gain whatever you need to make this direct experience. And bring the presence of your infallible guide into your heart center. Allow yourself to experience the meditative state. Infuse it with bodhicitta, a sincere concern for the welfare of others in an ultimate way. And taking personal responsibility to help them achieve that welfare. And let that push you, your curiosity, to find the true nature of reality.
can just become aware of the, just the tranquility itself. Be aware of how within that tranquility there is the absence of striving, the absence of delusion. There's no compulsion to protect something, no compulsion to gain something that's not present. Having, un- having this understanding of the state of tranquility, realize that others who are those who are struggling, striving, trying to protect, trying to get, is because they are not experiencing this tranquility. So they are driven by delusions, thinking that this very tranquility can be found by striving, by getting, by protecting something. Embrace them with your compassion and with your love. And make a gift of this tranquility to them so that they can be free of those delusions that bring them to the point of harming others. your investigation to connect directly with the true nature of reality, that itself, that endeavor, that attempt is sacred and filled with merit. Direct the power of this merit. To what truly concerns you. Slowly bring your attention back to the breath. Be aware of the physical properties of the breath. And let the very awareness of the physical properties of the, of the breath reconnect you to the physical body. Feeling the top of the head being aware of more and more of the body until you are aware of the whole body from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet.
some advice about uh, some dangers which are not really psychic. Maybe, uh, of psychic nature. No, it's not like because of some deep state of meditation there's this danger kind of thing, but more danger of the sense where you become jaded, where the investigation of the true nature of reality becomes boring. <laughs> and it's because you begin the investigation without being in the proper setting. <coughs> so spend time in creating the setting. Okay. And also, uh, you may become boring or jaded. Oh, I investigated the table already. I didn't get much. It was a very, but very. Is there, I, isn't it this that uh, I didn't get much? What make you this kind of feeling of a uh, now what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly that, exactly that. So you don't want to get there. There's a danger of being in there, and and then, uh, where you feel that there isn't really something there. Are they ma making up, making up the, all these wonderful things that they're talking about? Is it because that they were so disappointed? And they were expecting to find something, and they want to be—they don't want to be the only one disappointed. So they tell us, "Keep looking." <laughs> uh, also, uh, I investigated the table already. Pfft, I'm not enlightened. I investigated that on that already. I'm not enlightened. My body, my mind—I'm not enlightened. It's because you were doing an investigation outside of the context of where you're supposed to do it. Okay. It's like looking for the uh, the subatomic particle in the, in the park. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Eventually, you get you get tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you have to be in the proper setting. So spend time. Okay. Uh, do your do your uh, <coughs> try to take this metaphor all the way. Uh, do your grant writing, <laughs> so you can get all the money you need so you can build this uh, uh, super collider and then begin the investigation. Okay, So spend time. Try to really have an experience of, yeah, yeah, this is actually a meditative state. I can see it. And then it doesn't matter. And then also accompanying the, the investigation, that conviction that you're going to find something. It must accompany you. Okay. Then it doesn't matter if you're looking at a table, or if it doesn't matter if you're looking at the sense of me, or something, or wh whatever, or the, the, your mind itself. Then you will get. Uh, even if you don't, I mean, you will not, in the very first session, arrive at some at, at the true nature, any any uh, experience of true nature of reality. But you will feel. You will have the sense that something real happened in that in that in that state, and it will encourage you to continue further. You will get closer and closer and closer. You feel yourself getting closer and closer, and that will give you the encouragement you need, rather than just uh, you just table again. I'm tired of looking at the table. Okay, okay, what then? What you don't want to get to that? What's that term would you use? No, it's not. I, it's not exactly that. It's really the fact that okay, so I I try to do the investigation or uh -huh. stay to investigate, but so I kind of I'm there, right? But I'm there and I'm not arriving anywhere. 
you know, I, I have the same questions and I compose the same ideas uh -huh. and I, I, I see the table in the same directions. And mm -hmm. So, and, and I, don't, I, I don't put anything new, so kind of nothing new arrived in my mm -hmm. mind to mm -hmm. investigate uh, mm -hmm. further or, or, or realize something different. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's not your full, it's not, it's not those two minds that are uh, making the journey. So sometimes we can begin with the sense of that part of the mind that's convinced something will be there. We begin the journey with it and we leave it behind somewhere and we continue. And by continuing, I mean, for example, you take the table apart, you're looking for a table and eventually you don't find table. But the one that doesn't find table is not that mind that is convinced. Okay? It's the intellectual mind, another, another way of say, saying it. And the intellectual mind will get bored with this table eventually. And it will have no impact whatsoever of not finding table. So when you are arriving at the moment of not finding table, those two minds must be there and not find table together. Otherwise, you become jaded with, 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 with it. Or you will do something else where people think is the meditation on, on, on the true nature of reality, which is not really the meditation on the true nature of reality, it's just reviewing philosophy. The minority school says this, the sub, the sub school of the minority school, which believes in the substantial, believes this, the Madhyamika, which is the second Madhyamika, which is the third Madhyamika, believes that. That's not, that's not meditation on the, to get to the true nature of reality. This is just reviewing different schools. And you will have a, you end up with a beautiful understanding of what distinguishes them, but you're not gonna get to the part where, oh my, okay? So this is, this is the trick. The, 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 the setting in your mind must be perfect. And those two minds must keep walking next to each other. So when you arrive at a point when you say it's just wood, both of those minds must be there and say it together. Don't leave the, the, convinc the convincing mind back there somewhere and, and then say, oh, it's wood. Okay? It's not going to have the impact that you want. Okay, so it's not so much that these beautiful ideas that you're coming up with are completely wrong, it's that what mind is, coming, is, is perceiving those beautiful ideas. Right? So don't, don't, don't feel, don't rush. Okay. Just, just one thing, um, I've noticed you know, for, for me, since I've you know, done this at various stages and many times, is that if I can kind of recapture sense of naivete mm -hmm. like I, I just try to hear like okay screw it this is definitely a body my body and just let it just just let the belief percolate yeah and just do it in a naive way and not try to apply any analysis in the sense of philosophical analysis mm -hmm. and be, yes my body yes my body and, and then what happens is you just have to start differentiating and it's a very natural process instead mm -hmm. of well of course it can't be because if I cut my finger off that then then that's this whole thing can't be my body yeah, yeah. but somehow if you allow it to there's, there's a different way to do it where it happens naturally, and then it's, it's like breaking through layers of ice or something. Yeah. Just so sort actually, of imploding. Actually, actually the, the method you just described is a good way of getting that convicting conviction mind to come up, to have it really, to really sense it. You, and you once said that the, mm -hmm. maybe the best thing would be to be really convinced that we have a self. 
like have an incredibly strong conviction we have a self. Oh, yeah. And enter into meditation. And of course we have a self. Yeah. And always maintain that. Yeah. And just watch it and watch it and watch yeah. it. And, and then you start having problems with it. And that's, mm-hmm. and you start worrying. Yeah. And then it really starts to crumble. And you want to run away from, yeah. from, from going um, further. When you get to that beautiful state of wanting to run away to go further, that's incredible. Okay? Yeah. Just keep going. Really scare yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Wait a minute. Next week is Thanksgiving. Oh yes. Um, are you? You're going to be here the week after next. You're not going to be here next week. Friday is the Friday after Thanksgiving. I will not be there. I will not be here next week. Thanksgiving is Thursday, but the Friday after usually they're too stuffed. They can't go anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to cancel next Friday. Uh, is that okay with everybody? Yes. Okay, and yeah. then after that, you'll be here the next few weeks. I will not be here for two weeks after that. I'll be sending out <coughs> an announcement, but you'll be here. Okay, so someone, someone is going to be covering the 7 o'clock? If I can find someone otherwise, I think not. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I'll ask John if he can do it again. Okay, or someone. Okay. okay. All right. Great. Thank you. All right. Thank you.